Hello everybody, FEL Teacher here, bringing you the final match that Graham Potter managed for Brighton. In their 5-2 win against Leicester, this episode will look at the three, I repeat, three different setups Brighton had throughout the match and how they outsmarted a Leicester who had a trick or two up their sleeves as well. Of course, we will mention fantasy prospects, but just put a caveat that Brighton will have a new manager by the time we look at their next game week. Where do we begin? Kickoff, of course. The 3-5-2 that Brighton looked like they had on paper with the Estupinian put Welbeck alongside Muepu up front, his replacement. So it wasn't surprising to see that across the midfield you had five, the usual five players of Trossard and March. And the question really we should ask ourselves is if Trossard and March push up at the same time, does that turn Brighton into a 3-3-4? Not necessarily, because one of the wingers would usually push up alongside the two forwards, and Brighton would basically defend as a 3-4-3. But this 3-4-3 here, keep in mind, is asymmetrical. So, for example, if you were to imagine a standard 3-5-2 with Trossard and March as wingbacks, <clears throat> what will happen in the first half is that March would go all the way up alongside Muepu and Welbeck. So they would defend as a front three. And in order to sustain that balance, Trossard drops down to the left flank and defends as a left back temporarily. So <clears throat> in the first half itself, Leicester took advantage of that by having multiple players in March's zone and they deservedly got their goal. But as the game progressed, we saw that first thing... March and Pascal Grob had a real partnership on the right side. Grob initially went wide of March to put in several fantastic crosses, and later on, March pulled wide, trying to drag Luke Thomas out of position in order for Grob to drive into the half spaces. And this worked fantastically. It resulted in Thomas's own goal, and crucially here, it gave Trossard a constant amount of crosses with dangerous targets in the box. So a lot of the first half was basically Brighton working the ball down the right side through Grob and March. They work it down into the final third and they put one long ball over the top for Trossard, who usually would have Casado somewhere around the region for backup. <clears throat> now, with Trossard on the ball, Grob makes a late run first thing as a number 10 into the box. Casado waits on the edge and March steals a late run onto the far post, taking advantage of young Luke Thomas. And that's what happened, really, in order for Brighton to get their equaliser. For fantasy purposes, what we care more about is how they adapted themselves in the second half. With Brendan Rodgers making a clever switch of bringing on Timothy Castan, Brighton adapted themselves again. And the key tactical switches here are Grob moving from right to left, as well as Casado moving from left all the way back alongside McAllister. What matters here first and foremost is that Trossard could defend as a left wing back temporarily and somehow venture all the way in the centre forward simply because there is a link between left back and centre forward now. With Pascal Grob moving on to the left, Trossard basically had these given goals with Pascal Grob and these one-twos allowed passes around the defence behind the wing-back, which was James Justin, 
and that resulted in Trossard's goal. So it goes without saying that Potter has set his side up to be modular. The key word here is modular because any tactic they use can be carried out by the flexibility of their players. Pascal Grob can venture down the right half space and play as an attacking midfielder. He could go down the left and be a left half space operator like Gundogan to bring Trossa into play. And this brings out the talents of the supporting cast. Much should have gotten a goal here, but he was unfortunate for his assist. Trossard deserved his goal as well. Welbeck had multiple chances being played in by Grob and Trossard. So the benefits are all around. And right now, Pascal Grob is still the fulcrum of this entire tactical side, with everyone around him benefiting. Perhaps a blessing in disguise, Vardy being dropped here in favour of Nacho and Daka probably gave Rogers a lot more flexibility and tech. With two strikers who do not necessarily play as number nines, they could switch formation from being an extremely narrow one with Barnes and Madison tucking in, or they could play extremely wide with Daka and Nacho pulling wide themselves in order for late runs to come through midfield. In the first half, they were wide. It's almost as if there were no players in central positions. Even Tielemans himself vacated central midfield just to press alongside Harvey Ban in the left half space. That was how they got their initial goal and they continued to venture down that central space. Barnes himself, as a left winger, made extremely central runs. So as long as you can predict that Harvey Barnes will play in 90 minutes, his narrow central role will potentially bring him a lot of goals. Now, as for the right side, Madison, unfortunately, has been pinpointed as a danger man and Moises Casado man-marked him to every part of the pitch. Like For one of the goals, Leicester conceded, it was basically Madison going from right wing all the way into left central midfield, being robbed by Casado, sorry, marked by Casado all the way, and then Madison gave the ball away to Muepu and Casado just made a simple run behind Madison for his goal. So Madison right now acts as a double-edged sword. He can be a tactical, brilliant gem for Rogers, but at the same time, because he has a target on his back, he could potentially be the biggest reason Leicester are conceding a lot of dangerous chances. Now, in the second half, it looked like Rodgers went defensive by bringing on Timothy Castan, but it turned Leicester from a 4-4-2 into a 3-5-2. Harvey Barnes coming off meant that Castan and Justin were wingbacks, which forced Evans, Ndidi and Luke Thomas to be a lot narrower. This stifled the threats of Trossard and March as wingbacks, as flank players, because it no longer allowed Luke Thomas to square up against Solimach. It had Kastan protecting him instead. But the unfortunate thing here is that with Roger's reactive changes, he does not consider the fact that Suomare now has to cover more space, first and foremost. And at the same time, Evans and Ndidi do not know how to play a three-man defense, at least both as centre-backs. Because Evans is a left-footer. Ndidi wants to be in the centre. Luke Thomas is a left-footer. So without a right-sided, quote-unquote, centre-back, 
a lot, there was a lot of space between Ndidi and James Justin, which led to a lot of rows and scuffles between Danny Ward, the goalkeeper, and Ndidi himself. There were a lot of arguments in the beginning of the second half simply because Leicester just could not figure out that space. And this lack of prep from Rodgers is probably the reason why they are still rooted to the bottom of the table. Narrative aside, we should take one last chance to appreciate the masterpiece Graham Potter has created for us before he leaves for Chelsea. Leicester themselves do have aces in the hole, multiple aces in the hole in fact, but as things stand, we will miss this extremely versatile Brighton side. Thankfully, they have a, a postponed fixture this week. So, it just the jury is still out really and we will wait with bated breath to see what Brighton can come up with next. 